This episode may contain language which some listeners might find objectionable. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen and non-binaries, welcome to your five minutes of funk, an American cultural think tank, five minutes at a time. This is Tim. And this weekend, I had a really enjoyable function with some, some very good friends of mine who were in town with their new baby. And it wasn't exactly a baby shower. The baby's a few months old. But uh, this was the opportunity for those of us who do not live in the same city with them to see their new baby. Lovely, lovely, lovely little kid. And it tells you, y you know, babies always have a way of making you see the world differently in most cases. Because while I was there, I was there with my significant other, and also in attendance was an ex of mine, an ex-girlfriend who I can say that the relationship did not end on what we would call positive terms, right? I mean, it, we, we more or less crashed out of the relationship. I'll, I'll go into a little bit of detail on that. We crashed out of the relationship and have not spoken two words. I think we're going into our fourth year now of not having spoken at all um and it was interesting because the ghosting piece was all on her i mean I'm, I'm not gonna sit up here and try to make any excuses for whatever toxicities or or dysfunctions i may have brought to the relationship of, of which i'm sure there were many but the desire to just disappear to kind of kind of fade from view altogether was all on her right um and it was interesting seeing her there because it was re and I'm not saying this as any hyperbole or any way to try to self aggrandize, but it was, you know, glad she's doing all right. You know, I haven't heard anything from her. She was with her, you know, her new significant other and she was looking well and I thought it was OK. You know, uh, of course, you know, a couple of our other friends asked if I've ever had any if we've talked or anything like that, to which I said no. And but I'm also really good on putting the onus where it belongs and said the reason, the primary reason why we have not spoken or had any kind of communications at all is all because of her. And that's not meant to demonize. And I bring it up in this, in this context right now to not demonize or to point blame or anything. Like I say, I'm, I'm, my life is exactly where I need it and want it to be. But under different circumstances, would I be okay with having some type of communications just to be able to touch base, to want to know how things were going? I mean, it's easy for me to look at my life now and be able to say I'm good with the fact that she and I are not talking primarily because, you know, life goes on, dot, 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 right, blah, blah, blah. But if there were some type of amicable relationship between us, would I be okay with that? And if I would be okay with that, why? I think that's deserving of a little extra clarity. Now, I would be the last person in the world that would make a valiant or a futile attempt to try and offer up relationship advice to people. 
I don't say that to imply that I'm by any stretch of the imagination a dysfunctional relationship person. I'm not the kind of person who makes a habit of sabotaging intimate relationships. And by relationships, I'm talking about romantic, intimate, life partner type shit relationships, right? I am not a kind of person that looks to to impose relationship advice on people. The type of advice I give to folks, and I offer this up as a disclaimer with the fact that we're going to be talking about a lot of relationship type stuff. But I, while I don't see myself as necessarily a relationship expert, I offer recommendations based upon some very basic tenets and practices and some of them theoretically, it's theoretical, if you will, about how to and how not to fuck up a relationship, okay? Um, it is normally the type of thing where I, I look back on stuff I have done and stuff that has been done to me in the past and how to see that okey-doke either as a as the purveyor the active committer if you will of that okey-doke or a person that is about to have the okey-doke bestowed upon him with or without his knowledge those are the types of observations and recommendations that i always offer up when it comes to relationship matters that being said, one of the areas that was enlightening to me as a person who has been in a lot of successful and unsuccessful relationships is coming to grips with the fact that relationships are not digital. And when I say digital, I realize the you know, the social media impacts and, and the electronic age and Tinder and Bumble and all this other crap, right? No, I'm talking about relationships being either a one or a zero. That either you have the relationship and if things are not going within certain parameters or certain conditions that may be prevalent, it's a zero. It's either all or nothing with respect to a relationship existing in your life. The biggest lesson I learned is that that is absolutely not how relationships work. There are competing ideas, competing feelings, competing intellect, what have you, a whole bunch of intrinsic mental and emotional factors that affect the way that we see each other and ourselves in the course of a relationship. And, and the largest, I would say the most prolific of paradigm shifts in looking at those competing, those competing and overlapping emotions and, and the, the, the fact that there are shades of gray as opposed to relationships being black and white, the biggest element 
that I had to learn and appreciate is that relationships are primarily selfish. Relationships are selfish because it is really unrealistic and immature, uh, at best unrealistic, at worst immature and childish, to think that a person is in an intimate relationship with someone unconditionally. That is just simply not true. I think, and this is not even what I think, I'm just going to lay this truth on you just as it is. All right, I'm not going to try to offer up any more disclaimers than I already have. You are in a relationship because you're getting something out of it. And you give in relationships because your partner wants something out of it. That may not be the only motivator for being in a relationship because there is a tremendous amount of value in giving of yourself and your resources and your feelings and thoughts and, and, and your vulnerabilities to your partner. But you sure as hell are not doing it just to give all the time. You sh do and should have expectations on what you are going to get and have as a value in your relationship. That's the bottom line. So, in having this expectation, and, and, and oh, by the way, having these types of expectations also lends itself to some of those expectations being, they range, they, they'll have range, and they'll exist kind of like those varying shades of gray I was talking about a minute ago. They could range from somebody that you think look good, so you like looking at them. They may be fairly smart or worldly, so you enjoy talking to them. They may have a lot of money that can help support you know, a certain lifestyle or, or priorities that you have from a financial standpoint. The point is, is that there is a give and take in any relationship, but the taking part is very, very, very significant. And, I, and, and it is more significant than we like to give it credit for. So with that, Imagine that you have relationships that for whatever reason no longer work out. You've made the decision that I can't be in this relationship anymore or you crash out of it like I did in the relationship I was describing a little bit earlier. But one way or the other, you are no longer in that relationship anymore for whatever reason. Yet, stuff that you can gain or have gained still has traction in your life, in your thinking, in your heart. However you want to, to, to put a context on it, someone that is no longer in your life in that context still has a place in your life. There are so many people that would look at that type of thing. Someone, hey, listen, the relationship is over, so it's a zero now. It's done, right? But if you still see that there's room for a one half, so it's not a one or a zero, but it's kind of a half. And it's like, you know, 
I know that this person is a jackass, but, you know, still, there's something there. Now, uh, my friends laugh at me because I refer to that whole thing as someone being a penance. And that is someone who, you know, may be full of crap and for whatever reasons and probably good reasons, you are no longer pursuing a future with them in the course of a relationship. Yet here they are in your life. In some capacity, they're always going to be there. May have been salvaged as a good friendship, and there were just other elements of your life that, that they brought to you, and the relationship is over, but there's still something, and you can't quite put your hand on what that is, but it's something. It is something significant. Now, I don't want this... As we're sitting up here talking about this, I don't want this to be a deep dive into what the quote unquote something unquote might be. You know, I don't want because it could be any number of different things. Like I mentioned before, you could be a person who's you like conversations, you like to have sex with them, whatever, whatever the case is. There's something that is still there. But the fact that there is something still there causes great emotional and intellectual consternation in people that think that this failed relationship, this no longer functional relationship, now needs to be a flat out zero. It's just done, nothing. You know, it's like you, you pick a side, it's black or white, and you need to just be in or you need to be out. And I'm here to tell you that is not how the human condition works, right? You know, I mean, in using my relationship I was describing earlier than the one that's now defunct and no communication at all, if there was communication at all, I would have no problem with that. Probably one of the reasons why I would not have a problem with that is because of the very thing I'm describing right now, that I've come to discover that the human condition is built on a continuum. And when you are in relationships, they exist on that continuum as well. And different parts of that continuum get stimulated by the relationship. When you have enough stuff on the continuum that you want to have in every other part of your life, the relationship thrives. And when it doesn't, you leave the relationship. That may seem like an overgeneralization to some people. But I'd like to remind you that the human condition is built on navigating these types of continuums all the time. Don't believe me? Here's an example. And it may not and it may not necessarily be directly at where the stakes are not as high in these other areas, but they might be. Here's an example. As I record this, the country of Russia is invading the sovereign nation of Ukraine. In case you're not up on your world history, Ukraine used to be one of the Soviet republics that made up the former Soviet Union. And, and ostensibly around 1991, Ukraine became its own sovereign republic as the Soviet Union dissolved. And all these years later, now Russia, it, it, you know, the main... Uh, former Soviet Republic, is invading Ukraine with intent 
of overthrowing the government. I mean, let's call it what it is. It's a jack. Okay, they're in there trying to overthrow and conquer a sovereign nation. And it's ridiculously aggressive and dictatorial. And it's just bad news all around. And there is worldwide sympathy and support for the people of Ukraine. A few days ago, there was footage, very chilling footage, of African and Arab and Indian immigrants living in Ukraine attempting to flee this wartime conflict for their lives at the Polish and Romanian border. And these black and brown people, and Asians too, were thwarted by their fellow Ukrainians in being able to evacuate certain death, you know, for all intents and purposes. Surely they are risking life and limb by remaining in Ukraine, yet the white Ukrainians are literally blocking these black and brown and Asian folks from getting on trains and in some cases crossing borders to escape this area. It is blatantly racist. It's patently racist. So the continuum comes in with how do you have compassion and support for a Ukrainian nation while this egregious act of racism is taking place with these immigrants. It is absolutely possible to do both. It is absolutely possible to do both. To, to see the patent uh, overthrow mentality, the that, that dictatorship that's going on with Vladimir Putin, the president of Russia, and see that for what it is, but also see that even though you have a war-torn country currently, that it's still good to be white, even trying to get out of a, a wartime environment. The human condition and the human intellect and the, and the human battery of emotions is more than capable of processing all of those competing and conflicting dynamics. You know, I mean, and the same thing happened, uh, you know, in, in, a, in, a, in a different day and age, in a different country with, you know, black people serving in the United States military in World War II, where you had black soldiers and black officers serving in the military, fighting for this country, that they would come back home to be called niggas and, and have to sit in the back of the bus and get sprayed with hoses at some point. Remember, World War II ended in 1945, and the civil rights movement didn't start till 1954 with, you know, with Brown versus Board of Education and, and, the, and the, the murder of Emmett Till in 1955. The, these were black people fighting and dying for a country that basically made them out to be second-class citizens. How were they able, able to do that? It is an analog of the way that we are able to process conflicting views, conflicting feelings, conflicting intellect, conflicting emotions with the stuff that goes on around us. We have that capability. The human mind and the human heart 
is able to do it. Does it feel like shit? You betcha it does. It feels like crap because we want consistency. We want things to make sense. So many times it doesn't. You can see it with Ukraine and their treatment of their black immigrants. You can see how black soldiers coming back from World War II, having to be second-class citizens and subject to Jim Crow laws and stuff like that, it still yet still have love for the United States. And you sure as hell can see it in a relationship. Not, and, and we're not talking about someone abusive or someone violent or anything like that. That is an, a, a situation that is entirely different. We're talking about someone who you really... Uh, you know intellectually and you know outwardly that this person does not fit what you are looking for for your your uh your your future yet still retain an emotional connection to that person and that is absolutely okay yet there are too many people who look for reasons to say why it's not. And it's largely an excuse. I mean, you can say it's largely an excuse for folks that find it so uncomfortable to navigate these conflicting batteries of emotions and, and, the, and, and, and conflicting intellect on that continuum I was just talking about. And it's so much easier in some instances to just ghost, vanish, disappear. You know? And 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 to be clear, that's fine. If you you know just to just to be fair, if that is what it takes for a person to get through on a relationship that has gone down the tubes, that's fine. That is not me sitting up here trying to level an indictment on them. I mean, listen, I can think of a number of exes that I have not seen in decades. Not sure if I will ever see them again in this life. And that motherfucker is so evil that I probably won't see them in heaven in the afterlife either. But the point being that if I did, there is really nothing wrong with that. And if they don't, hey, that's the continuum. That's the way they want to live. And that's fine, too. And I think that when it comes to processing one's past, that we don't have to be emotionally or intellectually lazy by falling back on something that we feel like we have to do. There's plenty within the human intellect that lets you do what you want to do or what you think you should do but if navigating that piece of, of being able to say that you're going to keep a penance on board with you, be able to say that this is someone that's going to have a piece of my life no matter what happens. That is absolutely within the realm and the range of, of, of human beings, sentient creatures like we are, to be able to process and live with that. We've seen it before, and we'll see it again. So, to be clear, I have a few people, not many, but folks 
that I know the relationship is over and done with, but will always be a part of my life. Could you call it love? Maybe. But you definitely can say that it's someone that has traction. And there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. As long as you are realistic that they need to stay right where they at when it comes to a relationship with them. Don't have any unrealistic expectations about what it represents if they're going to stay in your life. If you know what you you know what you got with that friendship, with whatever that relationship is at this point. And as long as you are okay with what it represents in the real world, then your human intellect and your human emotions have the bandwidth to live with all of it. The more you know, baby, the more you know. Ladies and gentlemen and non-binaries, this has been your five minutes of funk. So to be clear, check out the Twitter feed at 5M of F1 for your recommendations, suggestions, bitches, moans, and gripes. I'm going to talk to you again in a few days. So until the next time, you know what to do. Be good. <laughs>